Oh, hi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's Oscar making another appearance on the podcast. Oh, it's so sweet. I love dogs. Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Join your host, Mark Slight, as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode number 38 of the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. We are back today with part two with the beautiful Charlotte Curtis, and we are back talking diet culture. Now this is an extremely hot topic at the minute because as I'm recording this, we're only a few days away from the new year. We're in that In that little period, that sort of lost week between Christmas and the New Year. But it's that time where we've overindulged for a little while. We're getting ready now for the New Year and we're all getting ready to to make that change. Whether that be weight loss, a detox, just cutting out carbs. Or for many people, just stop eating for a little while. Because you know what? We've probably all spent the last three or four days eating and drinking too much. So much more than we usually do. And we're probably at this stage now... A few days away from New Year, feeling a bit bloated, a little bit sorry for ourselves, a bit tired, lacking energy, and just, to be honest, just a little bit fed up. And this this little gap between Christmas and New Year doesn't help that. So although me and Charlotte actually recorded this a few weeks ago, it's a great time of year to release this, talking about diet culture, what women should really be focusing on rather than their scale weight and their physical size. And as Charlotte puts it, the space they take up in the world, there's so much more to focus on, so many more elements in life that we need to look at rather than our physical size, the, the size dress we fit into. Well, not we. <laughs> I don't tend to wear many dresses, but but you ladies, you know, try to drop a dress size for, for the new year, you know, trying to, try to lose a bit of weight in January. There's so much more to think about. And Charlotte gets her point across to her clients really, really well. As I said in part one, her social media helps a great deal in that. But she just understands her clients really, really well and and what women should be focusing on rather than what they currently are focusing on. And we're going to find out a little bit today as well what what led Charlotte to deliver this type of message. And we're we're going to touch a little bit on on her own background as well and, and the ups and downs she's had as well in her life. And although only 29 years of age, I think she has a very wise head on her shoulders and she understands the business she's in really, really well. And if indeed you are listening to this as it goes out, and this is over the over the holidays, over the new year period, you're going to get a ton of information from this. And I think it's going to, it's going to resonate with so many women this time of year, more so than if I'd released it any other time of the year, because we're all focusing on weight and size and, and calories and detoxing and carbs this time of year. All of us are doing that. So sit back, grab a glass of water or a green tea, because I'm sure you've had too much alcohol and too much coffee at this point. So sit back, grab a clean drink, relax, as we take you in to part three with Charlotte De Curtis. Charlotte, welcome back. Hello. Hey, how are we doing? everyone's um everyone's been doing their homework i think going on your instagram feed yes uh, seen all your numbers shoot up in the last in the last few days yeah, over everybody's like. going on there to be offended yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> willingly offended <laughs> well that's, that's a good thing it's uh, it's entertaining not offensive yeah. it's entertaining absolutely so you said before you only work with women mm-hmm. um 
here's a question for you. What makes women feel like they need to diet? And when I say that, I'm not talking about like just for Christmas or just for a holiday. Yeah. So yeah. many women are on a diet all their life. And they, there's so many say, oh, I always feel like I'm on a diet, but it's like a yeah. half ass diet all their life. Like, I know I should eat a bit better. I know. And they just say that I'm on a diet and I should lose yeah. a bit of weight, but no one really ever commits. So why do women feel that they need to always be slimmer and on a diet? I think it's just the pressure. It's like wherever you look, you, you like back in the day before social media, my mum used to get like Heat magazine and OK magazine, um, Cosmo magazine, which we spoke about last time briefly. Um, and even then, it's constantly all the magazines, all the publications, wherever you look, whether you are on tele, you're on your social media, you're looking in. I mean, I don't even know if people read magazines anymore. But it's something that you're surrounded by. And I think there is something about the diet industry attaching negative connotation and shame to being a certain size or not having your body look a certain way. And I think that's something that's always been there. Like, we are not enough in one way or another. Um, Whereas like men's magazines, I, I don't see that in men's magazines really. I mean, I see like David Beckham advertising an aftershave, but I don't see that whole same shame that we're attaching to things. And then again, just going back to social media, you've got people um, like Kim Kardashian or, you know, even like the Geordie Shore girls, who is listening to these people for diet advice, really? Um, but they're advertising like weight loss products in yeah. one breath um, and like, appetite suppressant lollipops that was another one i don't think men are under the same kind of pressure from one way or another and i think the thing that we forget as well with all this stuff it's kind of stuffed down into our subconscious like in in one realm or another like you are not enough you need to diet you need to you know look a certain way be a certain way use a certain makeup you know for men it's like what shit shower and shave and that's it um yeah easy easy life and I do think that's where it's, it's kind of come from because the amount of women again that I speak to who have been on a diet for like, like you say years of the life most of their adult life they will have been on a diet and it's really sad and they never ever get to that point I think that they do kind of fully get out of without putting the work in anyway those self-limiting beliefs that come with things like that the stories that they attach to you know food or training the like negative language absolutely massive like i think it was a couple of months ago now i asked in one of my facebook groups i've got a facebook group on um facebook funnily enough <laughs> called <laughs> called um sisterhood and in there just totally out of interest I put what, like, what do you think of when you think of the word fat? And there was no connection to that, not you being fat. Just, it was just the word fat. And there was nothing, not one single thing positive underneath. So it was like disgusting, lazy, greedy. Um, and it just kind of reams and reams and reams of, of, of this stuff. And it's like, imagine you're stood in the mirror every morning, which, you know, quite often is the case for most women, telling yourself, I am fat. Like, that's not just a word. If you actually delve a bit deeper with that, 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 that whole connotation that you've got, that, that subconscious, you're attaching all them other things. It's not like, you know, you have excess body fat. Body fat is something that you can put on. You can also take it off again pretty easily if you have the basic things in place. It's like the pillars of, of fat loss. It's for me and like a lot of my clients that, that I train, it doesn't have to be a big deal, but you're dealing with all that negative shit that's been instilled into you over years and years and years of conditioning, 
not even just through like diet culture. Well, I suppose it, it starts at diet culture, but imagine like you've got diet culture here and then you've got your mum who's always, or your grandma who's always been on a diet, you know, back in like whenever, you know, when it, there was like the aerobics boom and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, then you've got your mum who was on a diet and then you've got you now, even if it's not in your conscious realm, you've still had all that kind of growing up. It's like me with my mum's magazines. Like, I remember my mum sat on my sofa. How ridiculous is this? I don't know if you'll remember these, but you used to get these like, they were pads. You put gel on them and you stuck them all over your body and then you yeah. just sat there and got like an electric shock. <laughs> you know, and I'd seen like my mum doing that. Like, mum, what are you doing? And I think for me, it was, it, it was different because I danced from being like eight years old. I had something that I could, that I found really empowering. I had something that I could kind of quantify myself and identify with um, without just, again, being a smaller version of myself. But I think so many women, again, going back to what we spoke about last time in like the whole slimming culture, nobody has that. You know, you, again, you're giving certificates to women, full-grown women for taking up less space in the world. You're telling them to do the body magic. What is body magic? No one knows what body magic is. No one cares about your body magic. Um, yeah, so I think, I think this is the thing that as women we are up against. It, it's just not great. No. Do you think a lot of that comes down to, we said about social media, but the mm. TV programs that, that men and women watch. Now, for mm. every 10 women that sign up, with mm -hmm. me one man will sign up and there's, there's no way in the world that the men are walking around like super fit the men need it mm -hmm. just as much if not more than the women but they don't sign up because they don't have that mindset yeah you've got you got the ladies at home watching coronation street with the slender tone pads on like, looking <laughs> like on the sofa <laughs> and, and you've got the men watching the football and it's not yeah. it's not quite the same so i mean you see the like football shirts springs to mind you see like premiership footballers they're, they're all obviously incredibly fit and there's this thing now where the football shirts are really tight and clingy mm. but they're also the same for the fans and you can see yeah. guys like you don't need to be wearing that football shirt that is not doing you any favors but the man doesn't give a shit no it doesn't matter to him but when you watch the soaps the soap yeah. operas over here mm. it's not a fat person in the soap operas if if they are they're given a really demeaning job they're, they're made to look like fat is like a really negative thing they, they never get the yeah. nice boyfriend a nice husband a nice life they're working yeah. in the laundrette for example and they've got yeah. the shit job and, mm. and they're struggling so subconsciously it's put on your mind that all the pretty girls all the thin ones are, are having this amazing life and they're going from from guy to guy and they're you yeah. know they're being models and everything else yeah. so it is drummed into you from from the shit that you watch on the telly yeah. I think. yeah no definitely i think there's something really interesting as well about um and something that I talk to my clients about a lot is like being identity level fat. Like my client I spoke about last time, um, I think I mentioned she's in her 50s, she's in great shape. And I remember her once turning around to me and she was like, I still, I still feel like the fat bird. And they were her exact words. And I was like, what do you mean? And she still, after years of this conditioning, walks into a room and again for me like she clearly does not see what everybody else sees she's in great shape she you know her health is amazing and you can tell with some people you know when they glow yeah um but she still has that thing where part of her identity is being an overweight person and i see that a lot as well and i don't know whether again with like the whole male female thing i don't know if it's as prevalent in men as it, as it is in women but that is something that i come across a lot like there's so many women who are still in that whole um 
they kind of latch onto that identity and it's really hard to kind of kick. And again, body fat, you know, take it off, put it on. It's not an organ. It's not attached to you. But I think there is something with people making it part of their identity and without that work, without the mindset work, um, to work on that, I don't think this is ever going to go away. But again, I think this whole, the, the mindset of people is something that we neglect the most, like that we need to be working on. But again, mm. because it's not directly correlated to being a smaller version of yourself, which seems to be the most prevalent thing that people want. Um, I, don't, I don't think we're doing that. And I think we need to work better as an industry to instill that in people. Like, what is it that you want? What, what, what is it that, that is holding you back at the minute? And I think that is a really, really big factor as well. Yeah, how do you go about that as a PT? Because we said at the start, you work with a PT. Generally, you, if I come to you for PT, I'd see you three times a week. Um, so I'd see you for about three hours. And like you said, you're, you're pushing me through the exercises. You're counting reps and sets and just making me make sure that, I can, that yeah. I'm doing what you say, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you factor in time to talk about mindset, lifestyle, relationships, self-worth, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff? Yeah. An hour. It must be really tough. Yeah, I think the thing for me is I kind of, nin- I use like ninja tactics within sessions to kind of talk about, you know, within like rest or like, you know, how you're doing and then they'll bring it up. And, and I think a lot of it in person conversationally is is questioning, you know, oh, why, why do you think that? And just getting people to sort of think a certain way. And I, I quite often think that it's not until they leave the session that the kind of magic happens and they think, oh yeah, well maybe that is like, you know, what, whatever that might be. But then like for me, I have a lot of, um, like I have my Facebook group. I have another group that's just for my clients where I do like live Q and A's and things every week or anything that's coming up or anything that's been prevalent in sessions for my clients. Like stress is a massive one um, for a lot of the women that I train busy mums who you know don't even recognize stress quite often but it's very obvious that you know you, you're under a lot of stress um so yeah I have other outlets that I can kind of get that across with so like the blogs that I put out every week I send stuff out to my mailing list three times a week the videos um all that kind of thing and that, that that really 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 helps like the amount of women that I get coming in saying oh my god like I never thought about it that way and I think just asking the questions like you'll be so surprised how many women come in and they've never even been asked certain questions. You know, like you said, I think it was last time, um, are you happy? Yeah. You know, and, and I think it just gets people asking themselves that question like, shit, am I happy? Am I happy? And I think mm-hmm. that that is a great place to start with certain things or even just asking somebody like, what do you want? And I know in the past, like I said last time, like I've got so much shit wrong. Because I've been, I've been in this industry since leaving school. I'm now 29. That's like, what, 13 years. Um, and I've got a lot of stuff wrong. Um, I've completely forgot what I was just saying. <laughs> what were I talking about then? I've completely gone off well, on you've one. Ta- you've taken me off because I was just going to ask you a, a question now. I was just waiting for a moment to interrupt you there. You, <laughs> you're so busy and you're talking about everyone being stressed, like your clients being stressed and everything else. Yeah. But you've just listed everything you do. You, you yeah. work 25, 30 hours a week in the gym. You've got the groups. You, you're mailing your clients. You're talking to your clients. And yeah. you've got two children. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're fit and healthy. So 
how how do you do it what are the techniques you use daily to to stay fit because so many people say i'm too busy to do this haven't got time you're a walking example there that you can bring up a family you can you can do a 40 hour say 40 hour week we know it's a lot more with everything else is going on but you know you're coming home and you're working when you come home from the gym and you're talking you're doing facebook lives and you're talking in coaching groups and everything else Mm -hmm. how do you find time for yourself I think you've just, you've got to be strict with your time, which is the first thing, but then have things in place that kind of a bit of a cheesy thing to say, but that make your heart sink, you know, do things that you enjoy doing, but factor them in like non-negotiable time for that. Like something I say a lot to my own clients and something that again is is very prevalent in the way that they kind of live their lives initially is you, you, you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you're feeling shit about yourself, you know, if you're not eating great, you're not getting any sleep, um, you know, everything that kind of comes with that, how can you expect to parent your kids well? How can you expect to, you know, have a body that you actually like being in? How can you expect to be mentally well? And I think the thing that comes across with a lot of my clients is that you can't quantify stress. So if, if you are you know, you're feeling knackered. You have every right to feel that way. Like don't, don't think just because you don't have kids or, you know, you're not working 65 hour weeks or you're not doing, you know, that you don't have a right to feel stress because I think we forget that, that, that stress itself is the meaning that we put to things. And that's where the stress actually comes from. You know, you can have two people in an identical situation. One of them's absolutely stressed out of the tree and the other one's just coasting through life because they're very present. So I think for me, the, the, Because when you've just said that, I was like, oh my God, yeah, I am busy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is Mark Slight from Health Buddy. I want to know if you've taken the Health Buddy Challenge yet. A short five-day program that covers every aspect of your life so that you can look, move, and feel your best. If you want to try the Health Buddy Challenge, head over now to healthbuddy.fit and take the challenge today. Um, It's just having things in place. I, I always set my day up well without fail. Um, I try and meditate in the morning, which I know that whole, I, I did a video about this not so long ago, like the whole meditation thing, like, oh yeah, what everybody kind of thinks about meditation, but it's just about being present. It's about like taking time to take stock of yourself, how you were feeling in that present moment without anything, you know, all the shit that went on last week, all the stuff that you've got to do, you know, I've got to get my kids up in like half an hour, taking some time for myself to kind of sit down, just collect myself you know, everybody's alive. The world is fat. Well, the world's a bit, I don't know if the world is fine actually at the moment, but <laughs> no, no, it's going to be okay. And I think without that, again, not be, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. So doing things that, that you enjoy, things that serve you, it like for me, and again, something that I tell most of my clients, you know, it, it's, that is the most important thing. And the way that I kind of explain it is like, you've got a wellness recipe. So if you imagine like, I'm going to use a spaghetti bolognese because I'm crap at cooking and it's probably one of the only things that I know the ingredients of. (laughs) Um, You know, you can miss some minor things out. You don't put like garlic in, you don't put onion in, you don't put whatever, but you start missing some of the main factors in that recipe. And then you wonder why you're knackered and you're feeling shit and you're crabby all the time, you know, and, and that whole wellness recipe comes down to, you know, your fundamentals, like your food, your exercise, whatever that looks like to you. But then there are key things as well that, you know, what is it that makes your heart sing? What is it that, that makes you tick? What do you want more of in your life? What, what is it that, you know, if you look back to a time when you were thriving and you would consider yourself to be the best version mm. of yourself at that time, <laughs> 
Um, what was happening then that's not happening now? You know, you might be like you like drawing or painting or, you know, whatever that is. Um, and I think it's really important to factor those things in, especially like busy mums, you know, like the amount of mums that I speak to who completely lose their identity in being a mum and they become so-and-so's mum and they're running around after kids and they're, you know, it, it, it's, we all love our kids, but I think there is something very important about taking back your own identity as well and not just being that person, you know, the so-and-so's mum. And I think that's where I kind of stand with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think we can look at that as um, long-term gratification, short-term gratification. Like the diet yeah. culture is very short-term. Like what we said before, yeah. I, I must get ready for that. I must be bikini ready for 12 weeks time for the holiday and mm. New Year's is coming up and I've got yeah. like the end of the Christmas party and I've got to get this yeah. black dress on. And yeah. but it's always talking about that. Are you talking about just, just regular things you can do? Yeah every day or every week to keep you ticking over and keep you well and keep you healthy. And yeah. meditation's a great one because the, I always talk about it. The very first one I done, I just sat in a room with a cup of tea. It's not meditation. Yeah. Like people think of meditation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was just yeah. time on my own locked yeah. away and just, just sat there thinking really, but yeah. I, I can do that. Who doesn't have a cup of tea every day? Yeah. We can all choose where we have <laughs> Yeah. What? I said, who are these freaks who don't have a cup of tea? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Live right, for the yeah. bruise. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I, I think that's something that we, we forget as well, is that habits are just them little things that we do every day without thinking about it. It's not like the stress of like, oh my God, I've got, I've got to exercise. I've got to eat this. I've got to eat that. I've got to, you know, do. It, they just, they are little things that we do every day. So, so many people are quick to talk about habits and habitual change when you, too many people are, are forgetting the whole point of having habits in your life they're just things that yeah you've got to instill them but eventually they just happen it's not something that's got to be stressful every day you're not constantly thinking oh my god but I am exercised and I've not done this and I think when when we set off on some kind of journey and I, I'm guilty of doing it as well you want to change everything at once you want this like life-changing transformation within like three days so you change your food you change your training you take way too much on you've then gone to the gym or whatever it is that you've gone to you're really sore then you're second guessing yourself then you can't train again and then you think oh well just gonna eat loads of chocolate I'm gonna start again on Monday and, and it is that whole cycle of doing that and again I don't think that just boils down to food and training I think there's a lot of other things you know like trying to set your day up well but the amount of people that I speak to who you know like that saying breakfast of champions for example yeah. like for me that is just a metaphor of setting your morning up well whereas some people take that so literally that, that they're beating themselves up because they're not eating like unicorn avocados for the breakfast and it, it actually do you know you would be so better served from taking stock of your morning forget your avocados forget whatever you know i'm not saying you can't then factor a healthy breakfast in but take a look at your actual morning like how you're setting your day up are you on your phone for an hour in the morning scrolling through social media filling your head with all that shit and then all of a sudden you've no time left for yourself you're running around your house like a lunatic that's how you're setting your day up yeah and again like habits and coming back to that habitual behavior it's putting things in place that are going to be there for a long time that's what habit is but i think we just forget about it yeah we do it, like you say if you've got half an hour in the morning between getting your kids ready and going out and taking them to school you don't spend a half hour cooking cleaning up your frying pan and, and everything else oh, yeah. that you, you know yeah. just, just have something simple 
maybe yeah. even prep something the night before. So you've just got something quick and on the go. It doesn't mean it's unhealthy, but it serves you better. Um, mm. The last question I was going to ask you, and you've just kind of touched on it with habits. Mm. I've, I've put down, why, why do people think of diet as restriction? And it's the same. When I wrote that, I was thinking of food particularly, but habits are the same. We think about new habits. We think about restrictive habits. I'm not going to drink any more alcohol. I'm not going to have any more fatty food. I'm not going to have takeaways. Why is everything in the diet world restrictive? Um, my, my philosophy is bringing in good habits. Gradually, you'll push out the bad ones just by default. But yeah. bring in good habits rather than take away the bad seems to work a lot better for me. Yeah, I think this, again, just boils down to years and years and years of conditioning from like diet industry. Um, and again, the thing that I think has come from that, like the main thing is just negative connotation to food. The language that we use around food, like good and bad, like obviously you would want to eradicate the bad food out of your diet. But then I think we do forget that when it comes to things like that, like nutritional value of food, yes, you can have one thing that's probably pretty poor in nutritional value. And another thing that is, you know, a lot more nutrient dense, but realistically, if you can stay within the confines of everything else, it's not going to make that big a deal. I mean, if you're eating cake every meal, um, you know, then you're probably going to feel like shit. You're probably, you know, I'm not going to feel great in your body. But I think the choice has kind of at some level been taken away from us with the whole branding and marketing of, of certain things. And again, that, that whole language of, well, this, is, and I don't know at what point this came in, but you know, like, this is good food. This is bad food. Um, cause I see that a lot and I don't know again, if it's just like a woman thing, I don't know if it's, if that's just prevalent in, in diet culture, like the restriction, like everybody is trying to cut back, cut out. Um, and I think we just need to find balance, but I think people do need to start working on the mindsets a bit more. And I know that's a very blase kind of blanket statement to make, but just taking stock of like, do you like that food? Cause I love, I love cake. I love donuts, um, you know, anything that is sugary. I have a massive sweet tooth. I still eat those things. I'm not saying I eat them every single meal, but I don't restrict myself. I don't cut out. I don't cut back. Um, but I know, like, my daily habits, habits of eating, I know what that looks like. And, again, it is just a habit of, of um like, the way that I eat for the rest of my life. And that's what I try and instill with my clients. I think there are at some level you have got to rein it back in and start from scratch but then you want to get to the point where you are eating more intuitively but I don't think that everybody can start off eating intuitively because that that's not how you kind of got to the place that you're at now so reining it in create the habits and then eventually the main goal should always be eat to eat intuitively foods that you enjoy um because what is the point if you're not if you're not enjoying them you know you are Oh, hi. <laughs> Just, yeah, that's, that's Oscar making another appearance on the podcast. Oh, it's so sweet. I love dogs. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I, again, I do think things come full circle. There will always be some people who have that um, mindset of cutting out and cutting back. But I think if we as coaches, as PTs, as whatever we are, can start being a bit more transparent with things and like, look, I, like, I'm quite open that I eat cake and donuts and yeah, me too. all the things that are considered bad food. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think we just need to stop being so restrictive and just chill out. Yeah. We're only here. We're, we have one life. 
not here yeah. for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think definitely stop beating ourselves up so much. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you for your, your insights into the diet world. It's not something we talk about a lot on the podcast, the diet world, strangely yeah. enough. Um, we, we don't, yeah, we don't really discuss calories or weight so much. Um, yeah. and this, this is a good thing because, because there's a lot of women who listen who, who resonate with so much of what you've just said. Yeah. And as much as I understand it as a male coach, I don't mm. have that, that history of the diet magazines and, yeah. and that kind of diet culture. So it's great to hear how, how you ladies think. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. So there we have it. What a poignant time of year to release that. It, it's so, so true this time of year of, of what we focus on, that the diet culture in the UK just, just really climaxes this time of year. So I'm sure all you ladies listening and you guys as well have got a lot of information from that. And this year, just try and focus on something other than your size, something other than cutting out food and restrictions and detoxing. Try and focus on other areas of life that maybe maybe they're easier targets to hit as well, other areas of your life. Maybe it's your relationships that are the problem. Maybe it's your work-life balance or, or try to juggle raising a family with a, with a healthy diet. There are so many things to look at that just simply cutting out food and, and losing losing numbers on a scale isn't really going to make you happy this new year. And it's really, really hard to stick to. It's hard to stick to a new diet and, and to weight loss programs particularly. But especially after Christmas, we've had this really, really indulgent couple of weeks. And then suddenly you go from this, this massive indulgence to cutting things out and a real calorie restriction. It's really, really tough to do. So you, you're kind of doing it at the toughest part of the year. So try and focus on other areas of your life and areas that really do need your attention, areas that maybe you're glossing over, maybe you don't want to talk about your relationship, maybe you don't want to look at getting a new job or things like that, but they're areas that can really bring great success to you. So with that in mind, I have my own Path to Happiness program, which is being released on January the 1st, so only a few days away from the release of this podcast, and it focuses on five key elements to success. That is motivation and mindset, because we take our mind with us everywhere we go. We want to make sure we take the best version of it everywhere we go. And motivation this time of year is really easy. Come January the 1st, motivation to go on a detox plan, a restriction plan, a diet plan, a weight loss plan is easy. But is it so easy on January the 7th, January the 10th, January the 15th? How about February the 1st? Is the motivation still there? Probably not. So we need to find a way to work on your motivation and mindset so it stays with you forever. Obviously, we're going to look at your nutrition protocols and your exercise protocols as well. But then we look at the other areas of life, like I was just saying, your lifestyle, your relationships, your work-life balance, raising your family, finding time for everyone, trying to bring in social media and find time for that as well. Every part of your life, increasing your sleep and getting better quality sleep as well, making sure you're doing all the right things daily that will bring you the success you want. And then the fifth element, of course, is your internal health, which Everything, your exercise, your nutrition, your lifestyle, your mindset and motivation will all help your internal health. But I wanted to really dive deep onto into certain areas such as type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, stress management. Because when we really tap into them, we really start to get to the root cause of a lot of the problems and we can start to address them in the right way. There's no one pill that will fight everything. But if we start to make small daily changes to each one of these areas, we can start to see some real, real improvements in our life. And it's not just about living longer and living a longer life, but it's about having a better quality life and, and not just adding years to your life, 
but adding life to your years that is so so important so please head over to the show notes you can still connect with charlotte in the show notes for this episode as well i strongly advise you do that if you haven't checked out our social media and our programs definitely go and do that and also at the top of the show notes you'll find a link to the path to happiness program as i record this there's less than 20 spaces left for the january intake so if you're interested and you really want to change your life please be quick because they're going to go so so quickly when the doors officially open on january the 1st don't miss out guys other than that thanks very much for listening i have an awesome awesome show for you coming up for the next two shows with a guy called chris pierce all the way from hawaii in the states it's a real tough episode if you thought the first episode of season two with me talking about my dad's illness was tough you wait to listen to chris this is good if you ever think you suffer with hardship and it's hard to get over certain things in your life listen to chris connect with him on social media and see how he lives his life this is the happiest guy i've ever known he inspires me on a daily basis yet he's got such a story behind him such such heartache such pain but he lives through it and he not just does he live through it but he's just the most happy person in the world and he sees the positives in everything he does it's a fantastic episode we've got some some good laughs in there we've definitely got some tears between the two of us as well so please come back for that that's episode 39 and the iconic 40th episode of the 40 fit and fabulous podcast other than that enjoy your new year guys don't get too drunk but have a great time stay safe i love you all for listening take care speak to you soon